Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we're going to be going back to an episode I did about a year ago. We're going to be reading in the Kingdom of God, Volume 3, pages 26 to 38. America, the Land of Promise. The reader portion of this program is 26 minutes long. And then we'll get into the reading and commentary portion of the program. Thank you for listening. America, the Land of Promise, Kingdom of God, Volume 3, pages 26 to 38, wherefore, this land is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring. And if it so be that they shall serve him according to the commandments which he hath given, it shall be a land of liberty unto them. Wherefore, they shall never be brought down into captivity. If so, it shall be because of iniquity. For if iniquity shall abound, cursed shall be the land for their sakes, but unto the righteous it shall be blessed forever. Nephi, to have a productive garden you have to plant good seed in fertile soil. If you put bad seed in bad ground, your garden will fail. To plant the kingdom of God on the earth, God once more had to find a fertile environment for it to grow. Of all the nations of the earth, the Lord selected America to restore his kingdom. God first gave these blessings to Father Abraham and his children, so his posterity could rule in righteous power throughout the nations of the earth. His grandchildren would become the house, kingdom, of Israel, and of those twelve sons, Joseph was to receive the blessing which would result in his descendants coming to America. Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, received the blessing that a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. Genesis this prophecy pertained to the last days. Herbert W. Armstrong agreed with the LDS concept that N- the most remarkable fulfillment of biblical prophecy in modern times was the sudden sprouting forth of the two mightiest world powers and dash one, a commonwealth of nations forming the greatest world empire of all time. The other, the wealthiest, most powerful nation on earth today. These birthright peoples came, with incredible suddenness, into possession of more than two-thirds nearly three-fourths of the cultivated wealth and resources of the whole world. This sensational spurt from virtual obscurity in so short a time gives incontrovertible proof of divine inspiration. Never, in all history, did anything like it occur. The royal line has continued throughout the kings and queens of Ireland, Scotland, and England. The crown worn by the kings in ancient Ireland had 12 points. The British Commonwealth of Nations is the only company of nations in the history of the world. The United States expanded quickly in numbers, power, wealth and dominion until it has become the greatest power on earth and dash all within about 200 years of its birth. With the tribe of Joseph dividing into Ephraim and Manasseh, There were 13 tribes in the house of Israel, as represented in the 13 stripes in the flag below, and, coincidentally, America had started as a nation with 13 colonies. 
Judah and his house were given the blessing to hold the scepter until Shil, the Savior, would come. But, of course, when he came, they put an end to him and his kingdom. Joseph's blessing, with the broadest and greatest promises, said his children would go over the wall, the ocean, to the land of the everlasting hills, rocky mountains. God was preparing them to receive the kingdom and dash away from outside influences. Men and women were chosen to begin the preparation for this great event, the greatest since the birth of Jesus. Men with religious and political backgrounds do the work beyond the scope of their own understanding. They became known as the Reformers. Not only have these religious reformers been inspired to do a work in preparing for the advent of the kingdom of God upon the earth, but others have been raised up for the same purpose. Columbus was inspired to penetrate the ocean and discover this western continent, for the set time for its discovery had come, and the consequences which God desired to follow its discovery have taken place and dash a free government has been established on it. The men who established that government were inspired of God. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin and all their fathers of the Republic were inspired to do the work which they did. We believe it was a preparatory work for the establishment of the Kingdom of God. To establish the Kingdom of God there must be laws already in place for the protection of those principles. There was no other nation in 1800 that would have offered such safety for this great work. This was further emphasized by the following Doctrine and Covenants And for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land, by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose, and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Urson F. Whitney Inspired men like Washington and Jefferson were raised up to frame a constitution liberal in its provisions, extending the utmost freedom to all men, Christian or heathen, who desired to make this glorious land their home, that they might have the unrestricted right to worship God according to the dictates of their consciences. Journal of Discourses 26, 201 George A. Smith there is no nation under heaven among whom the kingdom of God could have been established and rolled forth with as little opposition as it has received in the United States. Journal of Discourses Joseph F. Smith But the Lord Almighty has prepared the way for the coming forth of the kingdom of God in this dispensation by establishing the Republican government of the United States, a government affording the widest liberty and the greatest freedom to man that has ever been known to exist among men, outside of those governed by the direct communication of heaven. It was part of the design of the Almighty when he influenced our fathers to leave the old world and come to this continent. He had a hand in the establishment of this government. He inspired the framers of the constitution and the fathers of this nation to contend for their liberties. And he did this upon natural principles, that the way might be prepared, and that it might be possible for him to establish his kingdom upon the earth. Journal of Discourses Wilford Woodruff I will say to the Latter-day Saints that we have been more blessed in this land than has any other dispensation or generation of men. The Lord has been at work for the last 300 years preparing this land 
with a government and constitution which would guarantee equal rights and privileges to the inhabitants thereof, in the midst of which he could establish his kingdom. Journal of Discourses in Defense of the Constitution The United States Constitution contains rights and freedoms seldom found in any other government. It was not formulated quickly, but rather as a tedious labor over weeks of study and research. Ancient and contemporary governments were carefully examined with the object of establishing checks, balances and freedoms. The Constitution was to limit the power of the government, not the citizens. Power in the hands of a few people in government can be, and always has been, the major fault in political efforts. The 55 men at Philadelphia had little use for any form of government except one that would preserve and protect individual liberties. Of all the churches and political powers in America, 19th century members of the Latter-day Saint Church probably held the greatest respect and love for the Constitution. In spite of their extreme sacrifices and severe sufferings at the hands of those in government, they still proclaimed their great faith in and respect for the Constitution. However, trying to add a few amendments and improvements to the Constitution, under the banner of the Kingdom, was not well received by the Gentile world. Frequently, the Mormons were falsely accused of being unpatriotic or of trying to establish another government inside the United States. In reality, however, they believed that the Constitution was as inspired as their scriptures and should be revered the same. The Prophet Joseph Smith was a strong supporter of the Constitution. We say that God is true, that the Constitution of the United States is true, that the Bible is true, that the Book of Mormon is true, that the Book of Covenants is true, that Christ is true, that the ministering angels sent forth from God are true, and that we know that we have an house not made with hands eternal in the heavens, whose builder and maker is God. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith It is one of the first principles of my life, and one that I have cultivated from my childhood having been taught it by my father, to allow everyone that liberty of conscience. I am the greatest advocate of the Constitution of the United States there is on the earth. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith Do these comments by Joseph Smith sound like the ravings of a wild man or of someone trying to destroy our country? If the politicians in Washington, D.C., would have had that much respect for the Constitution, the Mormons could have asked no more of them. Joseph Smith, however, did note one weakness with the Constitution. The only fault I find with the Constitution is, it is not broad enough to cover the whole ground. Although it provides that all men shall enjoy religious freedom, yet it does not provide the manner by which that freedom can be preserved nor for the punishment of government officers who refuse to protect the people in their religious rights, or punish those mobs, states, or communities who interfere with the rights of the people on account of their religion. Its sentiments are good, but it provides no means of enforcing them. It is but this one fault. Under its provision, a man or a people who are able to protect themselves can get along well enough. 
but those who have the misfortune to be weak or unpopular are left to the merciless rage of popular fury. The Constitution should contain a provision that every officer of the government who should neglect or refuse to extend the protection guaranteed in the Constitution should be subject to capital punishment. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith thus, the theocratic kingdom added protections to the Constitution to cover these weaknesses. Brigham Young said the U.S. Constitution was very much like the Constitution of the Kingdom of God. But few, if any, understand what a theocratic government is. In every sense of the word, it is a republican government, and differs but little in form from our national, state, and territorial governments. But its subjects will recognize the will and dictation of the Almighty. The Constitution and laws of the United States resemble a theocracy more closely than any government now on the earth. Journal of Discourses The Constitution was the glory of America. It was a magnificent document dedicated for protecting the rights and liberties of its citizens. The Kingdom of God was not intended to detract or take away anything from the Constitution, it will only add a finishing touch. That which was cast in silver will be overlaid with gold. The death of the Constitution The Founding Fathers were America's first intellectuals and, so far, her last. One of the great achievements of the American Revolution was the transfer power from the government into the hands of individuals. It was one of the rare governments to become a servant rather than a master. Because of their natural weaknesses, mankind has proved to be poor leaders. Money, ambition, and power have taken a heavy toll on those who would govern the masses. It is often reinforced that the natural man is an enemy to God. Even with such a beautiful document as the Constitution, the sting of political perversion is felt over and over again. Our government has changed from being a protector of our rights to being the owner of them. When a government obtains all the rights, then there are none for the people. To be worth anything, the constitution must be held sacred and rigidly enforced. The man who wields too much power in its administration can be its worst enemy. Minor infractions can become major disasters. One of the most dangerous government powers is that of collecting money. This power affects every man in the nation no matter how poor he may be, and it seems that the poorer he is, the more he pays in proportion to his means. Once Congress begins to usurp this power, there is no end to its violations of the Constitution or the principles of morality. There is no good on earth that doesn't have its counterpart. The same is true of the Constitution. Conspiring men who sought for personal gain began to attack it. However, the Constitution will also have its friends and defenders, and according to prophecy it will be preserved from total destruction by its enemies. John Taylor For if the people of this nation are so blind and infatuated as to triumph under what the Constitution and other safeguards provided for the liberties of man, 
We do not propose to assist them in their suicidal and traitorous enterprises. For we have been told by Joseph Smith that when the people of this nation would trample upon the Constitution, the elders of this church would rally around the flag and defend it. Journal of Discourses of and Hyde It is said that Brother Joseph in his lifetime declared that the elders of this church should step forth at a particular time, when the Constitution should be in danger, and rescue it, and save it. This may be so. But I do not recollect that he said exactly so. I believe he said something like this and dash that the time would come when the Constitution and the country would be in danger of an overthrow. And said he, if the Constitution be saved at all, it will be by the elders of this church. I believe this is about the language, as nearly as I can recollect it. Journal of Discourses Brigham Young Will the Constitution be destroyed? No, it will be held inviolate by this people. And, as Joseph Smith said, the time will come when the destiny of the nation will hang upon a single thread. At that critical juncture, this people will step forth and save it from the threatened destruction. It will be so. Journal of Discourses Brigham Young Every organization of our government, the best government in the world, is crumbling to pieces. Those who have it in their hands are the ones who are destroying it. How long will it be before the words of the Prophet Joseph will be fulfilled? He said if the Constitution of the United States were saved at all, it must be done by this people. It will not be many years before these words come to pass. How long will it be before they will be coming here for bread, for the bread of life, and for the bread which sustains the body? Do you know this? You do not. Journal of Discourses America has been a favored nation, above all others, but along with its blessings come the responsibilities of preserving it. Prophecy says that, whatsoever nation shall possess it shall serve God, or they shall be swept off. When we consider the crime and corruption in America today, we know we are in deep trouble. God's judgments will be felt in the political as well as the religious realm. For instance, people in every agency of government take an oath that they will support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign or domestic, so help me God. Yet, as soon as many of them get into office, they begin to change or ignore the principles of freedom as guaranteed by the Constitution. Even though they may take this oath lightly, God does not. Wilfred Woodruff once said, The Constitution once broken by the rulers of the land, there will be no stopping place until the nation is broken in pieces, and no power beneath the heavens can save this nation from the consequences thereof. He also so envisioned the destructions that are coming upon this nation and described dead bodies upon dead bodies in Washington. DC, there have been several different versions of a page entitled, If I Were the Devil, depicting several things the devil would do to take away the freedom of people and lead them to destruction. My adaptation follows, so the reader can compare the similar conditions that exist in America today. If I Were the Devil
theories how I would destroy America. 1. Destroy Christian ethics and morality. 2. Take over the media and tell the people what you want them to hear. 3. Get control of the mining, oil and banking industries. 4. Create wars to burden government with debt. 5. Send billions of dollars, technology and materials to foreign nations, especially those who are opposed to America. 6. Pay off or threaten politicians to do your bidding. 7. Increase the size, power and wealth of the government. 8. Establish individual taxation and then continually increase it. 9. Centralize regulations, codes, laws, courts and police. 10. Increase cheap trade with foreign countries to break down American industries. 11. Create inflations and depressions to steal money and property from the citizens. 12. Get as many people on welfare as possible. 13. Kill the incentive and rights of the people through regulations. 14. Tear down or diminish all national defenses. 15. Abolish the idea of a republic and promote democracy. 16. Steal the nation's gold as supplies through national mortgages. 17. Create easy credit, mortgages and credit cards. 18. Promote birth control, abortion, sex and violence. 19. Promote gun control and take away guns and ammunition. 20. Pretend to solve all the problems these objectives have created by telling the people they need a new world government. The death of all nations, if this and other nations do not prepare themselves to receive the kingdom of God, he will proceed without them. Wicked people are only temporary obstacles to the work of God and they will be hewn down just as any obstacle when a road is being made. Anything or anyone that opposes the freedom of man is an offense to God. Any nation today that subverts the principles of liberty and virtue is in danger. According to Brigham Young, when a great blessing is bestowed upon a people, and that blessing is not strictly honored and lived to, in proportion to the greatness of that blessing, over and above what has been previously enjoyed, it will be a curse to them. Journal of Discourses in Ancient Times, King Li Powers honored and respected the prophets, that is, Nebuchadnezzar gave heed to the prophet Daniel. But according to Erzin Pride, the people of these latter times have strayed so far from a theocratical form of government, that they do not even believe in such things. Journal of Discourses, if we learn anything from history, it should be the fact that the more power a government has, the less freedom the citizens enjoy. 
The experience of all mankind has shown that what matters most about a government is not its form, but its size and dash the degree to which it controls everything and everybody. Never for an instant forget what Hitler proved in the 30s and 40s, what Stalin proved in the 30s, 40s and 50s, what Mao Zedong demonstrated over again starting in the late 1940s. The real killing does not begin until the government has all the power and all the guns. The devil destroys government by infiltration and subversion and by causing wars among nations. Beware when those nations reach the point that in their corruption, they will destroy themselves. Corruption, they will destroy themselves. 39 Okay, so <clears throat> that's the end of the reading portion of the program. Now we'll get into the reading and commentary portion of the program. Thank you for listening. So let me just get into the reading. America, the Land of Promise, Chapter 3 of Kingdom of God, Volume 3, pages 26 through 38. Wherefore... This land is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring. Who's he? That's the father and the son. Well, I would say the, the father, but... Um, and it's talking about the land of America, okay? Because there are revelations about this land. Prophecy about this land. Yaakov, who the Gentiles called Jacob, actually prophesied about the land in Genesis, Barashit chapter 49, where he was laying his hands upon Yosef, Joseph, and he basically said that his posterity would be taken away from his other brethren, and that these people that are descendants of Joseph would be given a promised birthright to the land with a geological indicator and that geological indicator is the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills well if you look at a globe or a map of the whole earth you can see that there is only one mountain chain that goes from the top of the world to the bottom of the bottom to the top it is the longest mountain chain in the world now there's different names for whatever region that those mountains happen to be in the Andes Mountains might be something, but they continue up into the Rockies Mountains in North America. Well, the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills is, in fact, North America, and not just the United States of America, but also Canada. Get him out of here, Emmett. Actually, I'm and if it's so, the other stuff, okay? Okay. All right. All right. So my, uh, I don't know. Could, uh, Kim, could you hear him crying in the background? Yeah, I, I could. Just, he was fussy a little, so I could hear him. Yeah, he's a little but bit I, fussy. But I'm on my way in. Okay. All right. And if it so be that they shall serve him, 
that's actually that's Jesus Christ I'm thinking about it get away from me I'm doing my radio show leave me alone I do not care I don't know how to teach them to leave me alone when I'm reading like when I'm talking to other adults they have to interrupt like everybody with kids knows this that these uh, that kids are that way but anyway sorry about the distractions um Let's see. And if it so be that they shall serve him, that's Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, according to the commandment which he hath given, it shall be a land of liberty unto them. Wherefore, they shall never be brought down unto captivity. If so, it shall be because of iniquity. For if iniquity shall abound, cursed shall be the land for their sakes. But unto the righteous it shall be blessed forever. Second Nephi chapter one, verse uh, verse seven. Kim, can you please take your phone off the speaker? I can hear myself. I'm like, who's that man's voice in the background? Is there somebody on our front porch? What is going on? No, it's just me on her speakerphone. Kim, you do have a headset. It's a very nice headset. Okay, you're working on it. That's a new shirt. Let's get that shirt. Okay, love you. <laughs> to have a productive garden, you have to plant a, uh, plant good seed in fertile soil. Kim, you need to listen to this. It's about gardening. I have to tease her a little bit because our garden is ridiculous. It got held on. It went from like summertime down to like into the 30s for some reason, like a week and a half ago. Um, and that night, it was ridiculous. And, and just, oh my gosh, I'm in tangents today. So on June 20. First, right at midnight, June June twentieth, June twenty first, on the longest day of the year, I dealt with blizzards four times. The mine is about it's somewhere between seventy five hundred and eight thousand feet elevation, and every time I'd go up to get loaded with coal, that's what I do. I'm, I drive a coal truck, semi truck. And I take coal from the mine down to the power plant so that Southern California can have lots of electricity because that's where the power goes for the power plant. Anyway, but um, every time I went up and I got um, within a couple miles of the mine, it was like snowing, like sideways. And it wasn't just like a little bit. It was like, holy crap, what the heck? It's June. Anyway, but our our garden has not um, fared well. And then the goat, the goat, the goat jumped a six foot high fence. He like, or she like jumped on, like she bounced off of one side and up over the other and like got into the garden and started eating everything. And the goats love the cherry tree. They love anything that they're not supposed to eat. That's what they eat. So our garden, it needs serious help. So if I, if I'm talking about gardens, it's uh, I know it doesn't have anything to do with the radio show, but I'm always like, Kim, the garden, I'm talking about gardens, Kim. You should listen about the garden. 
<laughs> She's like, okay. To have a productive garden, you have to plant good seed in the fertile soil. And I am only saying this because I spent a ton of time rototilling this huge garden, and we spent a lot of money getting the, the rototiller working. And it is very sad. That's all I can say about that. Um, so if you put bad seed in bad ground, your, your garden will fell. To plant the kingdom of God on the earth, once, God once more had to, ha had to find a fertile environment for it to grow. Of all the nations of the earth, the Lord selected America to restore his kingdom. And he actually restored the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills to restore his kingdom. Uh, complete with representative government, a constitutional government whose um, founders accepted and uh, promoted the inalienable, inalienable, meaning you cannot lean, put a lean on the rights of the people. Most people say uh, unalienable rights of the people because we are the children of God. We don't get our rights from man. We get our rights from God. Anyway, but this is the land where the restoration had to happen because there was no other place on earth that it could happen. And it had to happen in a specific time when it could happen because there was no other time in history when it could happen anyway but um especially in this last dispensation of the earth of the telestial history of this earth so god first gave these blessings to father abraham and his children so his posterity could rule in righteous power throughout the nations of the earth his grandchildren would become the house or the kingdom of israel and of those 12 sons yosef was to receive the blessings which would result in his descendants coming to his birthright land of the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills, which is America, which is Canada and the United States. Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, received the blessing that a nation and a company of nations would be of thee. That's Genesis chapter 35 verse 11 this prophecy pertained to the last days herbert w armstrong love 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 his work his writings are awesome agreed with the lds concept that the most remarkable fulfillment of biblical prophecy in modern times was the sudden spreading forth of the two mightiest world powers one, a commonwealth of nations forming the greatest world empire of all time. The other, the wealthiest, most powerful nation on earth today. This birthright people came with incredible subtleness into possession of more than two-thirds, nearly three-fourths of the cultivated wealth and resources of the whole world. The sensational spurt from the virtual obscurity in so short a time gives incontrovertible proof of divine inspiration. Never in all history did anything like it occur. 
and quote the plain truth, even that's a plain truth magazine, which is by Herbert W. Armstrong. He's passed away, by by the way. And he was, uh, he he started uh, oh, a religious organization, and right now it's escaping my mind, but he was an LDS, but he was awesome. Anyway, but this comes out of the Plain Truth magazine, April 1979, page 7. The royal line has continued through the kings and queens of Ireland, Scotland, and England. The crown worn by the kings in ancient Ireland have 12 points. The British Commonwealth of the Nations is the only company of nations in, history, in the history of the world. The United States expanded quickly in numbers, power, wealth, and dominion until it has become the greatest power on earth, all within about 200 years of its birth. With the tribe of Yosef dividing into Ephraim and Manasseh, there were 12, 13 tribes in the house of Israel as represented in the 13 stripes of the flag of the United States of America. And co coincidentally, America had started as a nation with 13 colonies. So we're on page 28. Judah and his house, can you please turn that off? Okay, is it, can you hear that fan in it? Because you could hear the baby in it. All right. Hope you can't hear the fan, it's on the other side of the room, so. Why don't you go get your headset so you can actually hear? Where's the headset that I gave you? Did Lydia do something with it? I don't know. All right. Well, we're on page 28. Okay, whatever. Judah and his house were given the blessing to hold the scepter of power until Shiloh would come. And, and Ogden Crow is convinced that Shiloh is Jesus Christ. And we've talked about that over and over and over and over and over on this program. He isn't. Jesus Christ is from Judah, the line of David. Shiloh is a pure Ephraimite. The scepter of power, when it Jesus, and when that was passed to Peter, James, and John, was in the house of Judah. When it was passed from Peter, James, and John to Joseph Smith, it was passed out of the house of, of Judah to a pure Ephraimite named Joseph Smith. He is Shiloh. I could, but the office is full of stuff still. Like, I I just want to do the radio show. Kim says, why don't you just sit in the office in the chair? I want to do the radio show so I can get it out of the way so I can go to work, so I can, like, get as much done at work so that I can go home. And when I have to come home and start cleaning a bunch of stuff... Oh, because this chair isn't in the office. I want this chair to be here. We only have four of these chairs. You chose to keep one at your classroom at school. So I have to have this chair here. 
I don't want it in the office. Okay, if you want, if you want to get the kids to clean the office, I guess we can take my 25-year-old leather behemoth of a chair in there. Well, then there'll be... Kim, having a domestic conversation while we're on a live radio broadcast that is a broadcast worldwide. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to say something? I think it's probably weird that they're only hearing half the conversation. Uh, probably. If we move this chair into there, then there will be no... Like, th this spot will be bare, and we can't have yeah, a bare it won't spot. Be there. It will be okay. We don't have to have everything all around everywhere. Open is nice and clean. Oh, my gosh. Hey, maybe you could bring that other one over here and make the, that, that poor tortoise back in his aquarium. Wouldn't that be nice? That poor tortoise. That's going downstairs. And this is too. Oh, we have area code 206. I think that's Idaho, and they want to say something. I'm going to... I'm going to break my okay. rules and just bring them on since this is the way it is. All right, 206. Where are you calling from? What's your name and what's your question or comment? I'm calling from... I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm calling from Seattle, Washington. Okay. And what's um, your name? I'm a Catholic myself, and I know that there's a lot going on in the world. And I was wondering, since you guys are Mormon fundamentalists, maybe it would be nice if... Uh, both of us prayed together right now for our country and being you could lead the prayer. Um, yeah, I can. Um, I can pray for the country, but uh, people have chosen wickedness and evil over God. So, I mean, I guess we're a silent majority, but I'll, uh, I will offer the prayer. Thank you for for asking. And um, before I do pray, is there any other, other comment before I put you back into mute? Okay. So you can listen. Okay. Is there any? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I'll just put you in here. So it's been a while since I prayed actually on the radio show. And I usually just do that beforehand. So thank you for inviting me to pray for our nation at this time. And um, I will do so at the request of our friend in Seattle. And I'll do so at this time. O Yehovah, our Elohim, we come to thee in the name of thy son, Yeshua, our Messiah, who the Gentiles call Jesus Christ. We ask thee, Father, for blessings upon all of the righteous in this country that they will know how to stand as a light to the people that are in the darkness, that they that we people would be able to be examples and that we would be able to be persuasive in our uh, standing up for freedom and right in this nation and in North America. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessings to be upon us, that we would be inspired as to the things that we should do and where we should go in our lives, that we might be 
in safe places and protected by thee. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessing to be upon us in Yeshua's name. Amen. So thank you for uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to offer a prayer in, in behalf of this nation and this uh, North American continent. I'm going to bring you back in just to see if there's any other thing that you wanted to uh, say real quick. Uh, go ahead, uh, Seattle. Uh, yes, I just wanted to say thank you guys for doing the prayer, and uh, hopefully men like us could be a little bit more, um, I don't know, I guess good in this world and show an example. But God bless. I'll be listening, gentlemen. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, I'm going to put him back in the box, and he can uh, listen, or he can use uh, Internet to listen or whatever. All right, so, so we're talking about... Uh, that the scepter of power would not depart from Shiloh, or from Judah until Shiloh would come. All right, and so a lot of people believe that that's Jesus Christ, but I'm, I'm saying it's not. So, okay, so there is a baby on the steps, standing there playing with something. He's on the first step and he's like making noises. And I don't know how he got out there because there's a uh, plate. He can't get he, he can't get past the living room. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's see. So, but we're gonna re okay. So Ogden Kraut believes that Shiloh is Jesus Christ. So we're just going to read what Ogden says because I'm gonna read it all, even though I disagree with him. So, of course, when Shiloh came, they put an end to him and his kingdom. Joseph's blessing with the broadest and greatest promises said his children would go over the wall, which is a metaphor uh, for the ocean. The ocean was a wall that people could not cross until the technology was greatest or greater unless they were, you know, protected and, and led by God. It was basically a wall. So that, so that Joseph and his posterity would go over the wall, which is the ocean, to the land of the everlasting hills, which, like I said, is the Rocky Mountains and the Andes Mountains. And it was the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills would be the land and birthright land of Joseph and his posterity, and that is North America. Joseph was preparing them to receive the kingdom away from outside influences. Men and women were chosen to begin the preparation for this great event, the greatest since the birth of Jesus. Men with religious and political backgrounds did a work beyond the scope of their own understanding. They became known as the reformers. Not only have these religious reformers been inspired to do a work in preparing for the advent of the kingdom of God upon the earth, but others have been raised up for the same purpose. Columbus, Christopher Columbus, was inspired to penetrate the ocean and discover this western continent. For the said time, for the for its discovery had come, and the consequences which God desired to follow its discovery had taken place. A free government has been established on it, and men who established that government were inspired of God, 
George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and all the fathers of the Republic were inspired to do the work which they did. We believe it was a preparatory work for the establishment of the kingdom of God. And that is, end quote, George Q. Cannon by uh, Millennial Star Magazine, volume 26, page 114. So um, I, I've got a little bit of a tangent. All right. So yesterday there was writing in Salt Lake City, Utah. I wasn't watching it. I didn't even know it existed until, like, I just felt like about 9 o'clock at night. And my mom usually wakes up at, like, 4 in the morning. So it's very rare for her to be up that late. But I felt like I needed to call her. And she said, I said, well, what are you doing, Mom? And she said, I'm watching on the news that there's protests and rioting going on in Salt Lake. And they started, they started busting uh, windows and trying to destroy buildings, and, and the police went in, you know, to disperse the crowd. And she said, these people are, for the most part, 35 years old and younger. And as I was thinking about that after I got off the phone with her, 35 years and younger would be about the time of the age group that I actually went to college with. I was older when I went to college. It was about 15 years ago when I was in college. And 15 years ago, people who are 35 years old were 20 and they were in the same class that I was in, the same classes that I was in. I didn't graduate college. I do have a degree in advanced diesel mechanics from a trade school, but I'm a truck driver. I love trucking. I love God. I do what I do what I do because it is what I love to do. Okay. My uh, my ex-wife just really wanted me to be educated and get that degree. So I was in college and I was taking these courses. And in one particular class, in my English class, which I loved, by the way, it was it was my second favorite class behind speed reading. And and uh, also in that speed reading, reading course, we also learned the roots of, of like words in Latin and Greek and, and different languages. And it was awesome. And I loved it. I loved it. But what I did not love was something that I am a witness of. And what I am a witness of is the textbooks that we used in those courses, they used negative words whenever they were talking about traditional values. And anything that was progressive, they always used positive words. And I, I one day, and I still remember her face, and I loved this teacher. In fact, I took a, um, a class, a C.S. Lewis, class at her Methodist church, you know, with this, this particular professor. So I, I enjoyed talking with her. I thought she was a great person, but what I had a problem with was the textbooks that she was forcing her students to read were brainwashing the students against traditional values. 
and using very negative connotations against uh, anything family or traditional, whatever. And everything that was like anything that was talked about that was like something that the progressive and the liberals would would talk about, everything was positive. And I said to her one day in class, because I don't care who you are, if I see something, I'm going to say something, which embarrasses my wife to death sometimes. Uh, And she's got plenty of stories to tell, but I don't care. I'm going to stand up for truth and let the consequence follow. I said, how is it that you and this university are going to use these textbooks to brainwash these kids who are like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, young kids who had no life experience, had no critical thinking skills, that they were going to sit there and brainwash the students with these, these words in these textbooks. It was disgusting. And, and that was like the less of the liberal English classes that I was in. I actually dropped out of the first English class because, you know, like the textbooks in that other lady's class were ridiculous for one. But also part of the grade was that we had to volunteer time at some charity or something for our English class grade. Well, I'm sorry, but... Um, my circumstances didn't allow me to have time to be running around doing all this volunteer work. Like at the time I was Elder Scorm's secretary at church, so I was already uh, doing that. Every other night I would drive a truck from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. hauling gypsum from basically St. George, Utah, just over the border in Arizona down to Las Vegas back and forth and also doing uh, uh, well that was belly dumps and then I also did air slide or pneumatic bulker I did specialty work too so I'm driving every other night for 12 hours I'm going to school every single day and then every other night I would sleep So back then I was doing 36 hour days, sleeping like 10 hours every other day and going to school every single day. And they were gonna like try to brainwash me with these textbooks. Now, this is a fulfillment of what Nikita Khrushchev was talking about when he addressed UN General Assembly, and I think it was 1956, where he said that he would not have to fight a war against the United States, that we were so gullible that they would give us a little bit here and a little bit there until we swallowed socialism whole, communism whole. And you're seeing the fulfillment of that in our day. People who go to university are often brainwashed away from their traditional values by these socialists who are nothing more than communist agents, whether they know it or not, for the destruction of this country and the destruction of of the the founding principles of our nation. Because Satan hates the freedoms that you have. The war in heaven was all about this this very topic. 
Christ stood up with the white star and Satan stood up with the red star. And you see, you see that red star in communist China, in the Viet Cong, in Russia. Like, it's disgusting. They hate God. They hate freedom. They hate the plan of salvation. And they will do anything that they can to destroy it. Now, we know from, from the doctrine of Baalim or Balaam, you know, the guy that had the tonky, talking donkey, well, there was more to him than that stupid story. <laughs> he taught uh, one of the pagan kings that in order to destroy Israel, you have to get them to be wicked. And that as long as they were righteous, they would not be able to be destroyed. God would protect them. There would be a supernatural force against their destruction. The Soviets knew this because they are from Satan. Their God is the devil. And they knew that they would never be able to destroy the United States of America until they subverted this nation, introducing iniquity and wickedness into this nation so that this nation could be destroyed by the rot of socialism that has come into this this nation that is uh, trying to control and to overthrow and destroy everything today and they're going to get their way and part of the uh, like when I when the guy um, from Seattle wanted me to pray for this nation I I do pray for this nation but I also know that God has unleashed plagues of delusion and spiritual plagues of uh, mental plagues as well as physical plagues upon this nation because but we have allowed this great corruption and wickedness to gain a foothold in our nation and that the only way that this nation can ever get its greatness back is to reject things which it cannot reject because these socialists Have have weeded their way into our into our garden to the point where it's almost impossible to to do anything but rip the whole garden out and separate the the weeds from the the fruit and there still is fruit in this nation but it has to be it has to be taken back. And what I suggest that people do is to do what God told me to do. To leave the cities and the populated areas and go to a place of safety. And he told me to come to Emory County, Utah, and I came here. We moved. I lived in Florida. I got married to my wife. We lived in New Hampshire. We were brought out here by the hand of God to Utah. And then we were told specifically to come to Emory County until the time get, comes that we, uh, that this nation will become too dangerous because of the, the rioting and the wars, the stuff that is going to happen in this nation, and that we needed to go down to the northwest side of Lake Powell, which I don't know anything about the area, okay? I still haven't been down there. 
But that's where God told me, and he told other people that I know to go there too. But the biggest thing that I can tell the people, you need to get out of the cities. You need to get out of the populated areas. You need to become preppers. If you can, get food storage. If you can, do what we're doing. Get goats. You can melt the, milk the goats. You can raise a herd of if you have most people don't have the opportunity to do this, but we're going we are growing a herd and it's meat on the hoof. God told us that he will protect us and he will be with us and I trust him. But he also told me to warn the people and that's why I do the radio shows. That's why I talk about these things, but that's why I'm also telling you what he told me. He told me to tell you to get out of the cities, to get out. And that doesn't mean to go to the edge of Sodom and Gomorrah and turn around like Lot's wife did. That means to get out of the cities completely, then be destroyed. The wicked will destroy the wicked and the slothful righteous who are there will go down in the flames with it. When God is ripping up his garden, sometimes some of the fruit gets destroyed. This, the fruit needs to uproot itself and to flee the cities. Period, end of story. Not go from Salt Lake City down to, to Nephi, that's still part of the Wasatch Front. It's better. You know, I mean, if you believe the, the, the canal prophecy of Jim, or of uh, Bishop Coyle, John, I think it's John Coyle, but Bishop Coyle, like maybe south of the canal is, uh, is a better place for you to be than north of the canal. And I'm talking about this canal, the Salem Canal. But you know what? That's still in the cities. And the time will come when there will be an invasion in this nation where China and Russia and other nations will come into this nation to, to try to overthrow it and take it. But before all that happens, this nation is going to be weakened by, by, by rioting and looting and death and destruction and civil wars within its boundaries. So I'm only 21% through with the reading and I need to get into uh, continue reading. So I'm, I'm sorry, I just go off on these tangents. But continuing, the, to establish the kingdom of God, there must be laws already in place for the protection of those principles. There was no other nation in 1800 that would have offered such safety for this great work. This was further emphasized by the following, and we're on page 29 for those of you who are reading along. In the Doctrine and Covenants, quote, And for this purpose I have established the constitution of this land, by the hands of wise men who I raised up unto this very purpose, and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Doctrine and Covenants, which is modern-day Revelation, section 101, verse 80. Okay, Satan hates this country and he wants to destroy it. So no wonder that he is trying to, to tarnish and throw mud on the founding fathers. 
to destroy the name of, of Christopher Columbus. To cast hate and dispersion upon even Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. They want to tear down his his statues and monuments. Care about anything other than destroying this nation. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. If they can be destruct destructive, then that's what they're going to do. And children who are 35 years of age and younger who were in university have been brainwashed by these communist socialist moles who have raised up a generation that hates this country and hates everything that it stands for. And through their lies and their media prop, pro, uh, propaganda, they have gotten a strong foothold in this nation and have led many to iniquity, to unrighteous sin. And as President Hinckley, Gordon B. Hinckley of the LDS Church said, that this, that we are past the time of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, that we are past the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was like 15 years ago when he said that. And it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. And since the, uh, since the prophecy was fulfilled of Daniel chapter 12, where the uh, where the holy people have been uh, the power the power of all the holy people or the priest of, of all the holy people has been severed by the man clothed in linen, who I am. These spiritual plagues have come upon this nation. Starting in 2013 and continuing to get worse till, till what we see today. And God is letting this nation ripen in iniquity and he will allow the wicked to destroy the wicked. And the righteous who will be a remnant or, or a very small residue of the people will actually, if they heed the voice of God and of myself, a prophet of God, they might come, they may come through this time of cleansing and destruction, which like labor pains of a woman continues to get worse and worse and worse and will continue until this nation has streets filled with the blood of its people. And England is going to send a, uh, an, an occupying force into this nation to try to, to bring order not to conquer or anything like that, that it's going to be so bad that they're not going to be able to do anything. Until the people have basically destroyed uh, themselves to the point where we get so weak in our national uh, strength that other nations will come in to try to destroy and overtake this land. Then when the people of God, who God protects, are righteous to the point where God actually comes down among them, as he wanted to do in Nauvoo, and, it, and gives them the fullness of the priesthood, that's when the prophecy is fulfilled, when two of them should put 10,000 to flight, because they would have the power of God, like Enoch, and Elijah, and Moses, and Jesus, and myself. I received the fullness of the priesthood in 2003 under the direct hands of our father, 
in the flesh, not a spirit, a physical being. And as Jesus Christ said, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. These people who believe that Jesus is, is a spirit or the Father is a spirit, that's part of the strong delusion of false doctrine. That's why they believe that. That's why they were taught that. I'm telling you, I'm an eyewitness. He has a spirit. Being with him is a, a just a huge spiritual experience. But he has a body of flesh and blood. Or not blood, but flesh and bones. Solid and tangible. And how do I know that? Because not only did he put his hands on my head and I felt that, I also embraced him in a hug. And I felt his flesh in my arms. And I felt his arms around me as well. Wasn't a dream. Wasn't a vision. Wasn't an out-of-body experience. It was my flesh in his presence, embracing him in the flesh being transfigured by his power. So Orson F. Whitney, who was a leader in the early church, uh, he said, inspired men like Washington and Jefferson were raised up to frame a constitution, liberal in its provisions, extending the utmost freedom to all men, Christian or heathen. And not all men, that they only did what they did with the whole slavery thing because they needed to form the nation and then they would root out the slavery. Within a hundred years of the institution of the Declaration of Independence and the, the uh, Bill of Rights and the Constitution, that was addressed and abolished. They did not choose to allow slavery in this nation, but they had to to allow it because uh, they couldn't get the 13 colonies all in, on, in line. The three-fifths clause was actually a stroke of genius. It didn't mean that black people were considered lesser, uh, a lesser value in the sight of God. It meant that slave owners on plantations who controlled the votes of their slaves wouldn't have the power of, of forcing those slaves to vote and, and get more delegates in Congress. If it wasn't for the three-fifths clause, clause, they would not have been able to move as quickly as they did to completely abolish slavery in this nation. But your socialist, communist moles in the universities don't want you to think that way. They want you to hate this nation and hate the founding fathers and hate your constitutional rights so that they can destroy you. And they turn everything topsy-turvy, right is wrong and wrong is right, because they want this nation to be destroyed. Period. End of story. That God desired to place men in authority, the founding fathers who desired to make this land glorious, 
and their home that they might have the unrestricted right to worship God according to the dictates of their own conscience. That quote comes from Journal of Discourses, volume 26, page 201. Now, I got to get a drink real quick because I am fighting off a, 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 a cough. So hold on just a second. All right. George Albert Smith, quote. There is no nation under heaven among whom the kingdom of God could have been established and rolled forth with as little opposition as it has received in the United States of America. Journal of Discourses, volume 6, page 364. You know what I really love about these quotes? These people were actually chased out of the United States by people who represented this government. But they knew that the Constitution was inspired of God, even though wicked men, Babylonian businessmen, had gotten reins in the, in the seat of power. They stood up for the constitutional rights and values of the people. Because God is the one that ordained the, 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 um, these things. God's the one that brought this forth. He used imperfect, flawed men, the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. He used them. And Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Constitution, an imperfect man, and inspired them with a perfect uh, form of, of government. It's not completely perfect, but in the telestial age of this earth, it's as good as we're going to get. And the socialist utopia that they want is a lie. It is Satan's lie to bring death and destruction upon the people of this free nation. And as Ronald Reagan once stated back in the 80s, if this nation is overthrown, it is the last stronghold of right and freedom in the world. If this nation is destroyed, God help us all. Joseph F. Smith stated, who was the sixth president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but the Lord Almighty has prepared the way for the coming forth of the kingdom of God in this dispensation by establishing the Republican government of the United States, a government affording the widest liberty and greatest freedom to man that, that, that has ever been known to exist among, among men, outside of those governed by the direct communication of heaven. It was part of the d design of the Almighty when he introduced our fathers to leave the old world and come to this continent. He had a hand in the establishment of this government. He inspired the framers of the Constitution and the fathers of this nation to contend for their liberties. And he did this upon natural principles that the way might be prepared 
and that it might be possible for him to establish his kingdom upon the earth. Journal of Discourses, volume 22, page 22. And let me just say, okay, I agree with most of that statement. I only find it a little bit amusing. The Republican Party was actually created to abolish slavery and polygamy in the 1860s and that none of the founding fathers were republicans and that the republican party in its its beginning goals and not conservative goals but in its beginning goals were to put an end to polygamy to fight against the kingdom of god and to put an end to slavery and they were successful on both accounts. And now most of the people in the LDS church are Republicans, which, good, and I'm glad for that, because I'd rather be an American than a Democrat. But this Republican Party goes against your, uh, your ability to live the way that you believe that you should, li- should live, in a nation with so-called religious freedoms. <laughs> and then the, this guy, Joseph F. Smith, is all like, those for Republican, blah, blah, blah. Well, well <sighs> maybe he was using the word, uh, the words because he understood that this nation is a democratic, uh, a, a, a constitutional republic. I can't remember how they put it, but anyway, I'll continue on. Wilfred Woodruff stated, I will say to the Latter-day Saints that we have been more blessed in this land than has any other dispensation or generation of men. The Lord has been at work for the last 300 years preparing this land with a government institution which would guarantee equal rights and privileges to the inhabitants thereof. That, that includes all races of men and women on the face of this planet. And just because that didn't happen right at first didn't mean that that wasn't its end goal. Continuing on. In the midst of which he could establish his kingdom. Journal of Discourses, volume 15, page 10. In defense of the Constitution... The United States Constitution contains rights and freedoms seldom found in any other government. It was not formulated quickly, but rather as a tedious labor over weeks of study and research. And Thomas Jefferson's library at li- library library oh, library his library at Monte- Monticello is awesome. This man was a reader and a studier. He was prepared by God and inspired to read many, 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 many things that you and I probably never even get to. His library, his personal library, was a great wealth to the foundation of this country. When he penned the Constitution, God brought forth knowledge and wisdom 
based on what God had inspired him to study in his earlier life. And he, the Father, brought forth this nation by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit upon this man, Thomas Jefferson. And when he penned the Constitution, it was as good as revelation from God, because it was revelation from God. It was inspired from God. It came through the mouth of a prophet who wouldn't consider himself a prophet, who had the gift of, of bringing forth God's truth upon the face of this earth in the Constitution. And Satan, since the, since the Constitution was penned, has tried everything in his power to destroy it in every way that he can. And to disparage Thomas Jefferson because of his mortal weaknesses and some of his personal hypocrisies, he was a mortal man. He who is without sin, you cast the first stone. But the document that he penned was from God. Given to a people who would lose it if they became full of iniquity, which we have. And if this constitution is saved, it will be by those righteous who uphold its values. Whether in the LDS church or among the tribe of Ephraim, whatever. Ancient and contemporary governments were carefully examined with the object of understanding checks and balances and freedoms. That's Thomas Jefferson. That library in Monticello. Like God, okay, so Thomas Jefferson and myself have some things in common. God in my life, and God in Thomas Jefferson's life, inspired him to study certain topics, topics out in detail. To build up the wisdom and the knowledge so that when the time came forth, Thomas Jefferson, or myself, could do the work that God has foreordained us to do. If Thomas Jefferson had not studied and read and pondered all of the things that he did, he would have been an empty vessel that God would not have been able to use to pen the Constitution of the United States. God in my life has told me specific times over the last 30 years, study this, study this, study that, study this, study that. Focus on this, focus on that. For three years, he had me study in depth the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. He's had me uh, focus on different things at different periods in my life because at, he knew that I would come forth as his witness and have to talk about these things. 
Fortunately, I didn't allow Satan's government and Satan's brainwashing in the universities to brainwash me what I saw happen 15 years ago. But I knew that those kids were being brainwashed. And that the rioting that, that happened yesterday when my mom said these these people are all 35 years of age and younger, it's because they are the generation that were brainwashed the most by the most hardcore socialists. And the, the generation that's coming up now, they're getting it. They're getting the brunt of it too. The rot is destroying the fruit. And the only way that the rot can be healed is for the rot to be burned in the fires. And you're going to see it in this nation. Unfortunately, I wish, I wish that I was wrong. You need to get out of the cities. You need to prepare for what is going to come. The Constitution was to limit the power of the government, not the citizens. Power in the hands of a few people in government can be and always has the major fault uh, in political efforts. And, and that, that, that's why Satan loves bureaucracies. Oh yeah, you can get rid of these other guys, but we've got this secret power, this deep state to destroy and nobody can get them out making unconstitutional laws. The, the power to make laws lies with the representatives in Congress and the Senate. Not even the United States president can make laws. He can do executive actions, he can veto things, he can, he can implement policies, but he doesn't have the, and, and legislating from the bench, that this is not something that, that is righteous either. Well, if we can't get it passed in Congress or the Senate, we'll get it passed by by suing and having the judges implement direct edicts from the bench. This is wickedness. This goes against Constitution. This goes against the inspired Constitution that the Founding Fathers set forth, set forth for us to, re to maintain our freedoms and our rights. The 55 men, I thought it was 56. What is going on with the baby? Oh my gosh. The 55 men at Philadelphia had little use for any form of government except one that would preserve and protect individual liberties. Of all the churches and political powers in America, the 19th century members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints probably held the greatest respect and love for the Constitution because we understand it. We understand why it was penned. We understand it was inspired of God, that it is next to Scripture. In spite of their extreme sacrifices and severe sufferings at the hand of those in government, they still proclaimed their great faith in and respect for the Constitution. However, 
trying to add a few amendments and Im improvements to the Constitution under the banner of the kingdom was not well received by the Gentile world. And let me just say, that's how apostasy happens. You want to read a good book? Read Parallel Paths by Ogden Kraut, which you can find at ogdenkraut.com. It goes, it talks about the Constitution and the, the rise of this nation, and it talks about the restoration of the, of the gospel upon the earth and how Satan wants to change things and he wants to destroy things and he wants you to change a little here and change a little there until what you have is not what you were given. That's how apostasy happens. And apostasy happens to nations and to churches. Frequently, the Mormons were falsely accused of being unpatriotic patriotic or trying to establish another government outside of the United States. And you know what? They did that because they had to. The nation of Deseret that was established in Mexico at the time had the Constitution as its Constitution. They allowed the rights of the people outside of the United States. And when the United States finally decided to come out here and to make this part of the United States, they went along with it, even though the United States has trampled on the constitutional rights of the people. Continuing, in reality, however, they believe that the Constitution was inspired was as inspired of, as scripture and, that, and should be revered the same. The prophet Joseph Smith was a strong supporter of the Constitution. And let me just tell you, if you were a liberal member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I feel sorry for you. I know that that offends people. If you, if you say that Joseph Smith was a prophet, then maybe you should follow his leanings towards these topics. Here's what Joseph Smith said. We say that God is true, that the Constitution of the United States is true, the Bible is true, and that the Book of Mormon is true, and that the Book of Covenants is true, that Christ is true, that the this ministering of angels sent forth from God are true, and that we know that we have a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens, whose builder and maker is God. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 148. It is one of the first principles of my life and one that I have cultivated from my childhood having been taught it by my father to allow everyone that liberty of conscience. And I am the greatest advocate of the Constitution of the United States that there is on the earth. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 326. Do these comments by Joseph Smith sound like the ravings of a wild man or someone trying to destroy our country? If the politicians in Washington, D.C. would have 
had that much respect for the Constitution, the Mormons could have, have asked no more of them. Joseph Smith, however, did note on one weakness with the Constitution, and I actually agree with him on this, quote, the only fault I find with the Constitution is it is not broad enough to cover the whole ground. Although it provides that all men shall enjoy religious freedom, yet it does not provide the manner by which that freedom can be preserved, nor for the punishment of the government officers who refuse to protect the people and their religious rights or punish those mobs, states, or communities who interfere with the rights of the people on account of their religion. Its segments are good. I'm sorry, its sentiments are good, but it provides no means by enforcing them. It has but this one fault. Under its provisions, a man or a people who are able to protect themselves can get along well enough. But those who have the misfortune to be weak and unpopular are left to the merciless rage of the population of popular fury. The Constitution could contain a provision that every officer of the government who should neglect or refuse to extend the protection guaranteed in the Constitution should be, should be subject to capital punishment. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. That was Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 326 and 327. Thus, the theocratic kingdom added protections to the Constitution to cover these weaknesses. Brigham Young said that the Constitution was very much like the Constitution of the Kingdom of God. But few, if any, understood what a theocratic government is. In every sense of the word, it is a republican government and differs but little in form from our national, state, and territorial governments. But its subjects will recognize the will and dictation of the Almighty. The Constitution and the laws of the United States resemble a theocracy more closely than any government now upon the face of the earth. Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 300. The Constitution was the glory of America. It was a magnificent document dedicated for protecting the rights and liberties of its citizens. The kingdom of God was not intended to detract or to take away anything from the Constitution. It will only add a finishing touch. That which cast, was cast in silver, the Constitution, it will be overlaid with gold in God's kingdom. The death of the Constitution. The founding fathers were America's first intellectuals so far and so far her last. And quote Ayn Rand, the new intellectual, page 53. And we're on page 33 for those of you reading along. One of the greatest achievements of the American Revolution was to transfer power from the government into the hands of individuals. It was one of the rare governments to become a servant rather than a master. But that's the way it was, not the way it is now. Because of their natural weaknesses, mankind has proved to be 
poor leaders. Money, ambition, and power have taken a heavy toll on those who would govern the masses. It is often reinforced that the natural man is an enemy to God. Even with such a beautiful document as the Constitution, the sting of political perversion is felt over and over again. Our government has changed from being a protector of our rights to being the owner of them. That's because they they don't they they have to get rid of God because if they can get rid of God that means that that God doesn't give you your rights. That means that they can give you your rights and they can become your gods. That's why they do what they do. That's why they hate God. That's why they are atheists. And I don't care what Nancy Pelosi says when she's all like, my favorite word or my favorite word is the word of God. Like, she doesn't even know what's in it. And I'm sorry to my friend from Seattle that Nancy Pelosi shares your faith. I mean, there are good Catholics and then there are Nancy Pelosi's. (laughs) Who are disgusting. Who hate this country. And have gotten into power in districts of this country that hate this country. They hate this country. They have been brainwashed by the lies of media propaganda, which come from their father, Satan, who hates your personal liberties and wants to deny you everything that God wants for you. Continuing on, when a government obtains all the rights, then there are none for the people. When the government contains all, when the government is in charge of all your rights, then you don't get any unless they give you the privilege of having them. And over the last 150 years, since the foundation of this country, they have tried to take more and more power away from you and take your rights from you. And you are basically a free-roaming chicken, a free-roaming slave in a tax farm. And if you think you're free, well, you're free to roam around as long as you pay your master. You can roam around the plantation as long as you give authority and power to your masters. But you're still a a free people. No, you're still a, a people in bondage. But you don't even know it. Satan's got this thing wrapped around your throat and you don't even know that you are in danger of being destroyed. One wrong step and you're hanging by the noose. To be worthy, to be worth anything, the Constitution must be held sacred and and rigidly enforced. The man who wields too much power in its administration can be its worst enemy. Minor infractions can become major disasters. Just reflect upon what's going on in this country right now. A minor infraction can become a death sentence in this country right now. Because of jack-booted thugs with too much power. One of the most disastrous government powers is that of collecting money. 
This power affects every man in the nation, no matter how poor he may be. And wow, well, how is that possible? And I was thinking about this when I first read it. If the government takes so much of your wealth that you, a business owner, cannot employ another person, it, it affects the poor. So they take your wealth as a business owner and then they feed it to somebody that you would have employed in welfare. And that's locked this person in, in generational welfare. When I was a missionary in Savannah, Georgia, I met these men, able-bodied men living in the hood who refused to get jobs because they were on government assistance. It seems that the poorer he is, the more he pays in uh, proportion to to his means. Once Congress begins to usurp this, this power, there's no end to its violations of the Constitution or the principles of morality. There is no good on earth that doesn't have its counterpart. The same is true of the Constitution. Conspiring men who have sought for personal gain began to attack it. However, the Constitution will have will also have its friends and defenders, and according to prophecy, it will be preserved from total destruction by its by its enemies. And this prophecy, it might be true, it might not be, I mean, like the White Horse prophecy is where we're getting this from, I think. The White Horse prophecy is basically a compilation of a bunch of things Joseph Smith said. So in the fact that people are like, well, the White Horse prophecy, it's not from Joseph. It is from Joseph Smith. But it's more of a compilation than something that was brought forth all at once. We're on page 34. For those of you reading along, we're going to read John Taylor's statement on this. We're 65% through the reading for today. For if the people of this nation are so blind, infatuated as to trample underfoot the Constitution and other safeguards provided for the liberties of men, we do not propose to assist them in their suicidal and traitorous enterprises. For we have been told by Joseph Smith that when the people of this nation would trample upon the Constitution, that the elders of this church would rally around the flag and defend it. Journal of Discourses, John Taylor, that's in Journal of Discourses, book 25, page 349 and 350. Orson Hyde stated, quote, It is said that Brother Joseph in his lifetime declared that the elders of this church should step forth at a particular time when the Constitution should be in danger and rescue it and save it. This may be so, but I do not recollect that he said exactly so. I believe he said something like this, that the time would come when the Constitution and the country would be in danger of overthrow. And said he, said Joseph Smith, if the Constitution be saved at all, it will be by the elders of this church. And I believe this is about the language as nearly as I can recollect it. Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 152. Brigham Young also stated, Will the Constitution be destroyed? No. 
it will be held inviolate by this people. And as Joseph Smith said, the time will come when the destiny of the nation will hang upon a single thread. Joseph Smith said silk thread, uh, single thread. At that critical juncture, this people will step forth and save it forth from the threat of destruction. It will be so. Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 15. Brigham Young also stated, every organization of our government, the best government in the world, is crumbling to pieces. And this was, he died in 1877. So all this is between 1852 and 1877. Those who have it in their hands are the ones who are destroying it. How long will it be before the words of the prophet Joseph will be fulfilled? He said, if the Constitution of the United States were saved at all, it must be done by this people. It will not be many years before these words shall come to pass. How long will it be before they will be coming here for bread? For the bread of life and for the bread which sustains the body. Do you know this or do you not? Journal of Discourses, Volume 12, page 204. Other prophets have seen that that people will be coming to the Salt Lake Valley and that Brigham Young saw in vision, supposedly, from Salt Lake to Tooele. That's, that's a long, long distance. There would be so many people that would come that, that they would be in danger of famine, not because of, of the loss of harvest, but because there would be so many people. America has been a favored nation above all others. But along with its blessings come the responsibilities of preserving it. Prophecy says that whatsoever nation shall possess it, this nation, this this North American continent, shall serve God or they shall be swept off. That's in the Book of Mormon, the stick of Ephraim. But Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, and then he died. He didn't go to anyone else. He said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I bring, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Guess what? There were, there were lost tribes of the house of Israel who still had prophets. Even though they were taken captive or they, they left Jerusalem, they still had prophets. The Book of Mormon is a record of those people, and it is talked about in Ezekiel chapter th- seven or 37. It is the stick or record of the tribe of Ephraim. The Bible is the stick or record of the tribe of Judah. In the book of Mormon, the stick of Ephraim, in the book of Ether, the prophet, chapter 2, verse 7, if the people will not serve God, they will be swept off this land. When we consider the crime of, and corruption in America today, we know we are in deep trouble. And it is only worse. It is worse now. We're 77% done. God's judgments will be felt in the political as well as the religious realm. For instance, people in every agency of government take an oath that they will support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic, so help me God. Yet as soon as many of them get into office, they begin to change or ignore the principles of freedom as guaranteed by the Constitution. Even though they may take this oath lightly, God does not take this oath lightly. 
when the governor of New Jersey was asked, how do you, isn't it going against the Constitution for you to close down churches and, and to stop people from worshiping God? He said that the Constitution was above his pay grade, and that was for other people. The governor of the state of New Jersey, who took an oath to defend the Constitution, probably doesn't even know what is in the Constitution. There ought to be classes for, uh, for representatives before they go into Congress and the Senate and government positions. And if they cannot pass uh, uh, certain um, classes, that they, they shouldn't be in government. How are they going to defend something they don't even understand or know about? Even though they may take this oath lightly, God does not take it lightly. Wilfred Woodruff once stated, quote, the Constitution broken by the rules, the rulers of the land, there will be no stopping place until the nation is broken into pieces and no power beneath the heavens can save this nation from the consequences thereof. Millennial Star, volume 41, page 241. That's why I have a hard time praying for this nation because I see its destruction. I don't want to see its destruction. I don't want what is happening to happen. I would love to live my life out in peace. I would love to be an old man sitting on my tractor out in my hay field, mowing down my hay, making bells for my sheep and my goats, and maybe in the future my cows and my horses. I would love to live in peace. I would love to live with electricity and the internet and like TV, even though I, it's been so long since I've watched TV. Time. When do I have time? I do the radio shows. I go to work. I come home. I sleep. If there's something to do in the yard, I, in the farm, I got to do that too. Like, when do I have time to watch the TV that I, I used to love the TV? Now, if I sit down to watch a movie, I fall asleep. It's ridiculous. I got too much to do. But you know what? I thank God for being able to live the life that I have, for being blessed with what he has given me. I hate, when I worked out in the oil fields, I hated the fact that in order to get a room, a room in a house, if I was lucky, would, would be close nine hundred dollars to $1,000 in the oil field during the boom. So what did I do? Well, my aunt needed money, and I was like, okay, well, I'll help you out. I'll buy your motorhome, which I still have, which I cannot stand. I wish I could sell it. I don't like it. I don't want it, but I have it. I, I did it to help my aunt out, but it helps me out too. I lived in that motorhome from December of 2008 to December of 2009. No power hookups. I parked out where we got fresh water for the frat to go over and get water out of the well where the fresh water came from. 
and fill up my bucket in the summertime, I would sleep. I would get up and I'd have the bucket of water in the front of my car and I'd always have the car facing towards the sun and it would warm up and then I took a battery operated pump and I got in the shower of my motorhome and I would take a shower and then I'd go into town and get something to eat. I was into Golden Corral. I, I, was, I was a big boy. I was a big boy. I lived without power. For a whole year. So yeah, I hate camping. I would rather live in my home. I would if I do go camping, if it's more than a day or two, I, I'd rather I'd rather go camping in a hotel with a nice air conditioning and a pool and cable TV. So like to watch the destruction of my home, my nation. I hate it. And there's nothing I can do about it because this nation has taken in the iniquities and the lies of Satan. And the wicked will destroy the wicked and this nation will fall. Guaranteed. I wish I was wrong. We're 80% through this. He also saw in vision this, the destructions that are coming upon this nation and described dead bodies upon dead bodies in Washington, D.C. Can you please get this dog off of my foot? Get out of here, dog. Like, I'm going to go sit on dad's foot. Lydia, you're not using internet while that's doing that. There have been several different versions of a page entitled, If I Were the Devil depicting several things that the devil would take away from the freedom of people or take would do to take away the freedom of people and lead them to destruction. My adaptation follows. So the reader can compare the similar conditions that exist in America today. Now this was written a while ago. Okay. Ogden Kraut died. I, I think 2002, no, maybe it was 2012. I don't know when he died, but he, he died a while ago. He wrote this book a while ago. Okay. Now just listen to what he talks about. If I were the devil, here is how I would destroy America. Number one, I would destroy Christi Christian ethics and morality. Why? Because as we're taught by Baal or Balaam, Baal, the Alim, I don't know. As we're taught by Balaam, in order for a righteous people to be destroyed, you have to destroy their morals to interject iniquities within the nation so that God's protection is not upon them and they will eventually be, or God will allow them to be destroyed. So, number one, destroy Christian ethics and morality. Number two, Take over the media and tell the people what, what you want them to hear. This is media propaganda. Murdoch and a very small group of people are able to take all of these media powers and to basically use the AP to give them their marching orders and then they give you your, your propaganda and your brainwashing. That, that happened. They, the subversives have taken over the media. 
and turned them into propaganda. They started with television and they, they, they started, they also would like whenever something is going up in an area, like they will buy up newspaper agencies so that they can control the content of what people read. Number three, get control of the mining, oil, and banking industries, which has happened. When Barack Obama pulled all of the oil leases out the oil fields, our oil, our, our production dropped. They couldn't drill, and 75% of the people lost their jobs. Luckily, when I worked out in, in the oil field south of Vernal and Roosevelt, Utah, I, was, I had a position of, of a little bit of authority. I was uh, given the position of oil, oil field emergency management, which basically meant that I did a whole bunch of stupid grunt work every night but I was always ready to get in that truck and fly down the road to whatever emergency was happening. And that when I'd be out there cleaning tanks or doing whatever our stupid work I was doing at compressors or whatever it was, that I had a PA system on the outside of the truck. And when the call came over the radio, I had to throw up my stuff, get in my truck. And in the oil field, you're only allowed to drive 15 miles an hour. Some places you can't. You can't even go 15. It's so rough. But I was allowed to fly because I was the one that was sent to the emergencies. I was on oil spill cleanups. I did a whole bunch of stuff. And my job was protected when, when 75% of the people were laid off because of what Barack Obama did, I still had a job. Now, it drives me nuts. I'm going off on a little tangent, but I'm going to talk about it because these are examples and things I have witnessed in my life. When Barack Obama did what he did, he said, and most of the oil fields that I worked in, we brought up natural gas. Up along with the natural gas was something to condensate, which is where you get jet fuel from. It's very explosive. You do not want to get any sparks around it. And it burns really hot. <laughs> uh, and we all had oil, crude oil, come up out of the ground. But mostly it was natural gas. Barack Obama shut us down and he said, we're going to pay Russia, our enemy. Oh, you want to talk about Russian collusion? You want to talk about Russian collusion? Let's go back to Barack Obama. Okay, in this nation, we have environmental protection agencies. We do things under regulation. We are very clean, and when we make a mess, we clean it up. No other nation in the world has the kind of, for the environment that this nation has anywhere else in the world. Yeah, he shut us down, and he made it so that in order for us to have natural gas in this country, they were buying it from our enemy Russia. That's Barack Obama. There's your Russian collusion. They were putting that natural gas on ships and sending it to this country. I don't know if you know about ships, but okay, natural gas, clean burning, right? It's in our ground. 
right now. We have the pipelines to produce and to ship it. And thank God for President Trump allowing, uh, taking off the stranglehold that Barack Obama placed. Everybody's like, oh, yay, the Sierra Club, you know, the environmentalists that hate this country. They're like, oh, yay, you're shutting it down. They're put now, I don't know if you know about carbon footprints, but ships, in order to get that natural gas to our country on those ships, is actually way more environmentally damaging than just allowing us in this country, in our clean environment, with our EPA, our Environmental Protection Agencies, and all of the things that we have to do in this country, it's better for us to, to get it out of the ground here than to pay our enemy to put it on ships, which create huge carbon footprints to get it here so that we can have clean natural gas. Barack Hussein Obama was an enemy of the Constitution in the United States. And he, is a, or he led a party of traitors and people full of treason that are trying to destroy this country. And when you get somebody like President Trump in charge, who is here to clean house, they are going to do everything that they can with their media propaganda to get you to hate him he is not perfect but he is doing the job that needs to be done and thank god for ag Barr, who are going after these unconstitutional edicts of uh, of government and and suing them personally and you know what he ain't going far enough they need to be strung up by their necks for treason, for trampling on the, the God-given rights of the uh, enumerated in the Constitution. They want to control and destroy you as a people. Number four, create wars turning government with debt. Like John Bolton. These hawks who want to use the government to be in these endless wars that are paid off by these lobbyists. We have been at war, well, since 2011, but we were at war before that. It is a never-ending war. In the dystopian novel written by Orson Welles, 1984, that it was one of the things that they used to control the people. They are taking your tax dollars to murder innocent lives overseas. And it ain't about protecting our freedoms here. It's about using our money to get fat cat bankers and these uh, military industrial complex rich. You are watching it and have been watching it your whole life. Dwight D. Eisenhower warned of the military-industrial complex back in the 50s. Who was he? He was, he was a general in World II. He stood these things. You've got to know your history. Most of these idiots 
at Huntington Beach in California and walking up and down the boardwalks uh, along the coast. They don't know anything about any of this stuff. They are brainwashed and they are told what to think and what to think, uh, what to do. Ignorance abounds with these people. Number four, or number five, send billions of dollars and technology and materials to foreign nations, especially those who are oppressed, who are opposed to America. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. Billions of dollars in cash did Barack Hussein Obama send in military cargo transports over to Iran? Use that money to fund their military operations and to fund their research and development for nuclear weapons. President Hillary Clinton and his wife, Bill, <laughs> they, uh, allowed, they, they allowed China to capture a P3 military plane with all this technology that they, that they had in that, that airplane, this top secret technology gave uranium one they, they they gave our enemies so much information top secret and other information and money and all the stuff technology to our enemies because they are not americans when i said i'd rather be an american than a democrat i'm sorry that there are americans who are democrats but your leaders want your nation to be destroyed. And the fruit of their actions is you walking covered in blood and rubble in your own home, in your own nation. They have been colluding with China and Russia and Iran and any anyone, North Korea, whatever, to make sure this nation is destroyed. And when we get a president who actually is fighting the deep state and understands the conspiracy facts of the things that are going on in this nation, they turn and they say, oh, Russian collusion, oh, China collusion, oh, he's doing all these things. They are the ones guilty of the things that they are pointing at him, and you all eat it up because – Propaganda and the media is telling you what to think, and you don't have a brain to think for yourselves because you've been brainwashed by these people your entire life in the education system, especially in, in halls of higher education. Ogden Kraut wrote all of this stuff before these things happened, but those are the fruits of what he was talking about. Six to pay off or threaten politicians to do your bidding. How is it that a woman goes into Congress, Nancy Pelosi, making $125,000 a year, has hundreds of millions of dollars? How'd they get that money? How does Joe Biden get that money? How does Hunter Biden get that money? How do the families of Mitt Romney, who is, a, who is not a Republican, who is a wolf in sheep's clothing, a carpet-bagging piece of crap, how does his family get all that money? They are paid off by the government and by lobbyists. They are not your friend. They are your enemy.
Number seven, increase the size, power, and wealth of the government through bureaucracies to take away your personal liberties and freedoms. Like, I thought we were a free people in this country, but I got to get a hunting license and I got a fishing license. I got to get a license by the government to get married. What right does the government have to tell me I can get married or live with who I choose to live with? How come I can be persecuted for having multiple roommates who are females who live with me, who they're my wives because we've made marriage covenants? What right do they have to come into my house and arrest me for felonies or misdemeanors or infractions or whatever? What right do they have? They have taken away your rights from you in the name of whatever it is that they want to say, but you're not a free people. They trample on your constitutional rights day and night, year in and year out. Number eight, to establish individual taxation and then continually increase it. Like how in the world did roads get built before 1931? Or was it 1B1? It's been a while since I studied this, these topics out. But how in the world did, did anything get done before in the, income, uh, ta- the income taxes? You know, they said, oh, it's only going to be a little bit. Oh, we're only going to do this. Oh, we're a, we're a bunch of camels with, with, you know, camels getting their nose into the, the tent during the sandstorm. Do you know the, uh, the old story? Camel get its nose in because before you know it, the camel's inch his way into your tent, and the camel's so big that you're out in the sandstorm. That's the government for you. You give them a little bit of control, a little bit of power. They say it's for the good of the people. They take your rights away from you until you have none. Centralized regulations, codes, laws courts and police. I don't, I don't even want to get into that. Number 10, increase cheap trade with foreign countries to break down America's industries. Yep, that's exactly what's happened in this country. And now I go to Walmart and I can't get certain things because, because we're not getting imports in from China anymore. You, you know, something interesting about this, uh, what's going on with China that most people don't know about. And I don't know how this is affecting them, but that uh, we used to go, I used to go to these coal yards. I'd take the, the coal to the power plants where they also go to coal yards. They'd load the coal on trains. They'd take it out to California. They'd put it on big ships and they'd send it overseas so that they could burn the coal in these power plants for electricity. Well, they're not doing that anymore. The coal was stockpiled up until the coal yards were filled. And now everything's just shut down. I have a little bit of a problem with us selling coal to these countries who do not have environmental protection agencies who pollute this planet with their dirty, their dirty power plants. I have a problem with that. In the United States, we have these huge towers. They're called scrubbing towers. You call them smokestacks. They actually spray water in those, as the smoke is rising, the coal smoke is rising. 
the water sprayed all up and down these coal towers, these smokestacks, has actually caused droplets to form and it's falling down to the ground and creating something called fly ash. It's taking the particulates out of the smoke so that when it comes out the top, it is not polluted or it's not pollution. Like we have three power plants. When we first moved here, there were four power plants. They, they have destroyed one over by Helper. But there's three power plants in this valley that we live in, Castle Valley. We have some of the cleanest air in North America. Probably not as clean as Alberta, Canada, but I mean, it is clean. We don't deal with the, the, the pollution that they deal with up in, in the Wasatch Front in Salt Lake and, and Provo and all these places up north. And we have these big coal power plants, clean burning coal, technology we use because of the, the Environmental Protection Agency and these regulations but we sell this coal to China and they could care less about the world uh, unless it's to control it. But they, they uh, these people, they increase, and China's been stealing, hold on, I've got 90 seconds left. You know, I'm going to call in with my phone into the to the radio program. So let me see if I can do that real quick. Uh, I don't know how it goes with overdrive. So let me just uh, figure this out real quick. Okay, Kim, can you call the radio line to make sure I'm still broadcasting? I'm not sure if I'm... I think I am, but I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys can hear me out, but there's like 30 seconds on the live stream. portion of the radio show, and hopefully you can hear it. And Kim, you should call into the radio show anyway since you dropped before the end of the... I don't know if uh, if you can hear me out there or not. It says you're not on. No, it, that's because the live streaming portion ended before you called in. So once the live streaming portion ends, you can't call in. So I don't know if you are... I don't know if people can hear me or not. I'm going to just read and continue reading, and hopefully people can still hear me. I hope that I'm still uh, plugged in. Let me just make sure. I think I am, though. Oh. You know, it's kind of stupid. This, this, um, like, I have unlimited service, and I can call anywhere in the United States, but because I call into my radio show in the studio in New York, it says, this 
this uh, is not your service plan. You're going to have to charge so much per minute in order to uh, call this number. I thought I had a limited service. I thought I could call anywhere in the United States, but no, I can't call to a flippant number in Manhattan without being charged extra for it. All right. Uh, number 10. To, oh, wait, no. It's oh, number 11. Create inflation and depression to steal the money and property from the citizens. And you know what? If you don't understand inflation, if you have $20 back in the 80s, you could fill your card up with groceries. $20 today gets you a couple of things in your grocery cart. The rate of inflation has gone up higher and faster than the rate of the money that we get paid at work. So I have to work more on this slave plantation to, to pay for the things that, that I need in my life. That's how inflation works. They steal the, the value of their money through quantitative easing to get you to do more for less because you are a slave on a plantation. And when they can get this nation into a depression, the banksters can come in and take your land from you and your home from you because you can't afford to pay the loans. Even if, even if you are, even if you almost own what you have, and you can't pay it, you, you lose everything. These farmers that have been working for years, when they had their knees kicked out from underneath of them, when, when all these service agencies and restaurants, they went, uh, you know, everybody closed down, they, they had their, like, potatoes. They had their crop in the field. Do you know what's happening right now to potato, potato, potato farmers in North America? They can't get their product out there because the restaurants are closed to slow the spread. They're having to, to bury, they're having to dig up these landfills and just bury hundreds of tons of food in the ground before it rots because they can't get rid of it because they can't sell it. They spent their whole life building these farms up, and now they're going, a lot of them are going bankrupt because of what's going on right now. And who gets control of it? The bankers that control your wealth and your money. Number 12, get as many people on welfare as possible, because if you can get them on welfare, then you have power over them. You get lazy and slothful and idle and like these people that I knew. Now, I've lived in slums in different places in this country. When I lived in St. Petersburg, Florida, I lived in, in the slum. I lived next to a drug house. When I was homeless, I used to pull up my car across the street from where my friend was staying in this burned out house, uh, property where this, this burned out house was and the drug dealers were there and like they didn't bother me because they knew that I could they didn't want any trouble 
and I left them alone. They left me alone. They were pretty friendly, but like I've lived in the swamps. When I was a missionary in Savannah, Georgia, like I talked about earlier on this very radio program. <coughs> I knew people in these ghettos that were on welfare, that were generational. They had never had jobs. And they said, why should, why should they get a job? I can just be on welfare. And then they'd vote for their democratic masters, their plantation masters. And they are, um, you know, on the plantation, but they don't, they don't, they're not productive to society. You know, they live in these slums that they don't care about themselves. They don't care about the people around them. You've got crime like mad in these places, unemployment like mad in these places. And because the welfare is opened up to these people, they'll vote for their masters, the Democratic Party, the DNC. And the DNC doesn't do it because they love you. They do it because they want your, your power. Number 13, they kill the incentive, incentive and right of the people through regulations, which President Trump is tearing down, which when he tears those regulations down, guess what happened? Unemployment numbers drop. Okay, before this whole COVID pandemic, like we had the lowest rates of unemployment for every single category in this country because he was tearing out all of the, the red tape and all of the regulations that was stifling business in this country. Number 14, they tear down and diminish all national defenses. Under Barack Obama, more military bases were shut down and more people were booted out of the military than, than any other president in modern history. Because they want to destroy your national defense so that we cannot defend ourselves. See, the United States of America not only is an economic power, but we are a military power as well. They cannot destroy this nation through attacks upon this nation until we are sufficiently weakened. And they will do anything that they can to to destroy the power of this nation. To take away your constitutional right to bear arms. China and Russia, they're fools. If they think that they've got the largest military in the world, there are over 300 million people in this country and there are many times magnitude and order um, higher gun possession in this country by the, the citizens than there are people in this nation. We are a standing military. So they have to use other means to destroy this country. But eventually they're going to come after your guns because they want this country to be destroyed. So they take away your guns and your ability to protect yourself so that they can destroy you as a people. 
Number 15, abolish the idea of a republic and promote democracy. Yep. Number 16, distill the nation's gold supplies through national mortgages. Yep. Number 17, and I, I need to just move on, but all of these things are true. And I wish that I wish that you have the time to study these things like I've studied them. And I wish that you have, I wish that I had the memory to be able to go into each of these topics in detail. But I might, uh, we're on 17 now. I could easily do 17 two, three hour programs on each of these topics. I simply don't have the time. And I wish that I could just spout off by memory everything that I've learned and studied over the years, but I can't. I wish I could. 17, create easy credit mortgages and credit cards. And the reason they do that is because they want to charge you more. And if you can't afford it, then you might not get it. But if you get this easy credit, then you'll get in bondage to these people and you play their game which you have to do in order to get a home because homes are too expensive. Heck, I can't even go buy a, a Dooley anymore without like $80,000 vehicles to, to get a, hor a horse a truck to pull a horse trailer. And then the horse trailers are like $150,000. Like it's ridiculous. And all of this has been caused by inflation by um, quantitative easing, devaluation of your money, and by easy credit. So they get you into the, this bondage to these bankers. Number 18, to promote, promote birth, birth control, abortions, sex, and violence. 19, to promote gun control and take away guns and ammunition, which they're doing. And you know what? They're trying to uh, impose these taxes on ammunition. It's going to make it so that your ammunition is just too expensive to buy. Well, they can't get your guns from you, but they you can't shoot your gun if you don't have ammunition, you know. Any way that they can get around to, to as a snake in the grass to, to get around you as, as a viper, to constrict your ability to have your freedoms, they are in it. They want it, and they're going to take it. Number 20, to pretend to solve all the problems these ob objects have created by telling the people that they need new world government. So we're on page 37. We're 90% done with the reading today. Let me get a drink before I finish this last part. The death of all nations. If this and other nations do not prepare themselves to receive the kingdom of God, we will proceed without them. Wicked people are only temporary obstacles to the work of God, and they will be hewn down just as any obstacle when a road is being made. Anything or anyone that opposes the freedom of man is an offense to God. Any nation today that subverts the principles of liberty and virtue is in danger. According to Brigham Young, quote, when a great blessing is, is bestowed upon a people and that blessing is not strictly honored and lived and lived to in proportion to the greatness of that blessing over and above what has previously been, uh, been previously enjoyed, 
it will be a curse to them. Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, page 22. In in ancient times, kingly powers honored and respected the prophets, or in other words, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave heed to the prophet Daniel. But according to Orson Pratt, quote, the people of these latter times have strayed so far from the theological form of government that they do not even believe in such things. Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 216. If we learn anything from history, it should be the fact that the more power a government has, the less freedom the citizens enjoy. The experience of all mankind has, has shown that what matters most about a government is not its form, but its size and the degree to which it controls everything and everybody. Never for an instant forget what Hitler proved in the 1930s and 40s and what Stalin proved in the 30s, 50s, or 30s, 40s, and 50s. And that Mao Zedong demonstrated over and over again, starting in the late 40s, but the real killing does not begin until the government has all your power and take all your guns. Unquote. The Golden Age Senior Newspaper, page 3. Or on page 38, and we're almost done. The devil destroys governments by infiltration and subversion, which they have done, and by causing wars among the nations, which they had to do. Beware when those nations reach that point that their corruption, that in their corruption, that they destroy themselves. So when we come back on for a reading, we'll be in chapter 4 of Kingdom of God, volume 3, and that chapter is entitled Prophecies of the Kingdom's Restoration. So I hope that you've enjoyed this program. I hope that you that you like and write a comment in the Apple iTunes podcast, that you follow me at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon so you know these programs are up, or that you follow me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash L-A-V-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find me posting things at LDS Gospel Mystery, <clears throat> Latter-day Unity, LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, as well as on my Facebook pages, Church of the Living Messiah, Zion's Redemption Bookstore, Leonard of Unity, and all these other places. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. God bless. And have a good day. Oh, and also, the phone's about to go down. So, for those of you in Central and Eastern time zones and across the world that are going that direction, Shabbat Shalom. And for those of you in the mountain states and in the Pacific, and, in, and I don't know, Alaska and Hawaii and Fiji and all that, it's about to be uh, the Shabbat. So, Shabbat Shalom to you as well. So, anyway, thank you for listening. Take care. God bless. Goodbye. Thank you.
I don't even think that last part was recorded correctly. <clears throat> I don't care that I'm a radio. I'm a day. <laughs> I don't have a radio. myself when I played the music so I'm just laughing at my recording well well I actually worked from 6 p.m. Thursday night to 6 a.m. this morning and I got home about 6.30 and I have been awake this whole time recording this program making sure that it is ready to go for 6pm tonight and by the time you hear me talking it is going to be Friday night after sundown so when it when I say Shabbat Shalom on the old radio program, well, Shabbat Shalom tonight. Oh, my son is here with me. He stays home with me on Friday nights. Are you going to say hi, Arius? Hi. You want to say hi? You want to say hi to mom? It's so funny. So sleepy. Get so good. Yeah. So sippy. That's your sippy? No. Oh. I'm not the sippy. That's, that's a soda. 
That's a soda? Yeah. He stole my soda. <coughs> anyway. So, uh, tonight's program has to be uploaded, and I won't be able to do a live like I tried to do. Um, but that's fine, because people don't call into the phone line anyway, so... I do reserve that option for Monday through Thursday for people who want to call in. Um, And I appreciate it when they do. Even if they're arguing with me and they think that I'm wrong. Yeah, they argue with me. Yeah, they argue with me, huh? Yes. Yeah, sometimes they do. But I don't mind them arguing with me. And I don't mind it when people think I'm crazy. If they can show me my error, then maybe they'll save a soul if I am truly delusional. Anyway, I hope that everybody enjoyed the program. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with another episode of Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm going to take a nice nice two days off. I actually had one hour left on my 70-hour rule this week. So I worked 69 hours exactly. So I am going to take a nice, nice Shabbat off and a nice Lord's Day off. And I'll go back to work Sunday night My friend from Roosevelt and his wife are coming down. So I'm pretty happy about that because my my wife last weekend went up to their house in Roosevelt. And on Saturday night, I worked. And uh, I kind of was a little bit jealous that I didn't get to go. But... uh, We're trying to do a bunch of work on this house and I needed to get the extra money for the paycheck. So I actually worked six days straight this week instead of five. We have to uh, redo some fences and stuff so our goats can go out into the pasture and not get hit by cars when they decide they can jump through the fence, which they can do at the front, uh, because we need better fence there. (laughs) So we're going to be fencing probably about uh, five five acres, about, I think. So anyway, uh, yep, had to work extra so I could make extra money and spend about $1,000 on fencing. Which is fine, because I would rather spend $1,000 on fencing. Mm-hmm. You want to wear my hat? Here, you can wear my hat. You look so grown up. That's so big. It's kind of big for you, though. My son is going to be three in June, but he is literally the size of a two-year-old. He is so cute. That's my other hat. Yep. That's my that's my weekend hat, and that's my work hat. I wear that hat at work, and I wear this hat on the weekends. Mm-hmm. 
somebody actually, one of my co-drivers gave me a hat that his family got from Italy and it was too small for him, but it fits me fine. So I actually was talking with my co-driver this week and I told him that I started driving farm trucks in 1994 and I started driving cab over class A CDL trucks in 1995 and he says what how old are you and he said I'll be 45 in June and he said what I thought you were like 30 <laughs> like nope I know uh when I when I uh lived in Florida and I didn't have a beard and long hair. People thought I was a teenager when I was 35. So I thought that was funny. But uh, anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the program. Uh, remember, you can find these programs on Apple iTunes. The one that we just listened to is episode 305 on Apple iTunes. And uh, you can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the episode that we just listened to was America, the Land of Promise, Chapter 3 of the Kingdom of God, Volume 5, pages 26 through 38. And uh, you can find that book to read for free on ogdenkraut.com. Uh, if you go to ogdenkraut.com, click on Read Ogden's Books or Read Books Online, and then it'll bring you to a list of 60 or something like that, 70 maybe, books that he published over the uh, the course of his life, uh, starting in the 60s, 1960s. And then he just, he was just, he studied so much and he just learned and he just uh, he compiled a lot of good books, and I really appreciate Ogden for all that he did. And uh, I never got to know Ogden, but I do know his son, Kevin. And I really appreciate him as well for giving me permission to read these books and share them. And uh, it was... In 2003, that I was talking with the security guard at West Valley City, Utah, at the mall there, and uh, it was after I had watched a movie, and it, the mall had closed, and I walked out to my semi-truck, I didn't have a trailer on at the time, and um, we were talking, and he was impressed by my knowledge and he had three books on him, and he felt like he needed to give them to me. And that was my introduction to Ogden Kraut. He gave me Jesus Was Married, The Mysteries of Creation, and Compromising Concessions. And I read those books a lot. And then in 2008, I found OgdenKraut.com. And I started reading all of these books. 
And then in 2012, I saw that Kevin had a, a YouTube channel and I listened to his videos. And then in 2013, um, God actually told me to go to Kevin. I was living in New ha- uh, upstate New Hampshire at the time. And uh, he told me to go to Kevin in Santa Quin, Utah, and I went to him. And I, w- I drove this crazy blizzard to get there. And um, I got baptized. Kevin, I interviewed me. I never met him before. But God told me to go to him and to be rebaptized to start my ministry. And I did. And I told Kevin, and I told him exactly who I am. And he baptized me. And I started my radio show January of 2014. And I've been doing it ever since. Mostly reading reading Ogden Kraut books, but also uh, some pure Mormonism and Denver Snuffer books. Uh, although I think Denver Snuffer is a complete imposter and Judas goat. Um but, uh, and then Rob K's Mormon Yeshiva and some other stuff that I really enjoyed reading throughout the years. But, um, I think it was 2016 that I, I decided to, uh, start, uh, start over on my podcasts and revamp the show. So from 2014 to 2016 or 17, it was the kingdom of God or nothing. And then 2000 and I think it was 2018, I started Fundamentally Mormon. So anyway, uh, I was thinking maybe I might revamp it again and just do Zion's Redemption Radio Network since this has always been part of Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Um, in fact, from 2012... Uh, 2014 I think it was I was a co-host on Zion's Redemption Radio which program no longer exists but um, it was after that podcaster internet radio program guy decided to call it quits that I started my program and called it Zion's Redemption Radio now or well the kingdom of God or nothing, part of Zion's Redemption Radio Network. So that's where that comes from. And now we have Fundamentally Mormon, which is Zion's part of Zion's Redemption Radio Network again. So anyway, I hope everybody has a blessed Shabbat on a wonderful weekend. And we will be back on Monday at 6 p.m. with another episode of the King of, well, Fundamentally Mormon. Wanna say bye, Arius? You wanna say bye? Yes. Hi. No, I wanna say bye. You wanna say bye to the people on the radio? Bye, uh, bye, mom. <laughs>